there, and welcome to Health Now. I'm your host, Carrie Gann. And this week's episode is for you, dads. Father's Day is coming up on Sunday, so we're talking about healthy living for dads and guys everywhere. First, we've got some good health news for men, as well as a few health habits most guys could learn from women. And do men who exercise have smarter kids? One study has some new clues. Then expert advice about a common screening test for prostate cancer plus one man's story of life after two heart attacks. And we wanted to hear from you. What's a good piece of health advice you got from your dad? And finally, our tweak of the week is a great reason for some quality father-son or father-daughter time. That's all coming up. Back in May, we brought you some good health news for women around Mother's Day. So this week, we wanted to return the favor for dads and all guys. Consider it our Father's Day gift to you. We have some good news for anyone who's ever taken sildenafil, which is a drug that treats erectile dysfunction. New research shows that it could lower your odds of colorectal cancer. Doctors working with mice that were specially bred to grow the same polyps in the intestines as humans found that a daily dose of this drug cut their risk of developing those polyps in half. The key seems to be that sildenafil boosts production of a chemical called cyclic GMP, which may stop the overgrowth of cells in your gut. Of course, this is only in mice. The next step is a clinical trial to see how it works in humans. Our next bit of good news, researchers have found a creative way to tackle the massive problem of high blood pressure for African-American men. These men are more likely to get the problem than white or Hispanic men, and they're also less likely to get and take medications that will help them keep it under control. So how do you get the message out to men who don't always want to go to the doctor? How about a place guys feel free to talk about almost everything that's going on in their lives, and one that's run by a man they trust? The barbershop. Researchers in Los Angeles worked with more than 300 men in 52 local barbershops to help men get tested and treated for high blood pressure. Some barbers took patrons' blood pressure and sent them to pharmacists to get some medication. Others encouraged guys to make lifestyle changes and to go see a doctor about their condition. And it worked. Six months later, blood pressure readings were down for both groups. Even better, more than 60% of men in the group that got medication saw their blood pressure back at 130 over 80, which is the healthy target number for men of that age. The study is ongoing, and after that, Organizers helped to roll it out to more barbershops nationwide. This study highlights a major concern for men. They are often less likely than women to get regular health care. And that's just one of the health habits that guys could stand to learn from the ladies. Men tend to smoke more than women. They're less likely to use sunscreen and use it correctly. And while women are better at getting their fruits and veggies, men tend to eat more meat. Women are also more likely to seek mental health help when they need it. So guys, consider this Father's Day your reminder to set up your doctor's appointments, buy some fresh produce, and slather on some sunscreen. Your body will thank you later. Scientists know that exercise is good for our brains, and recent research suggests that dads who work out may change their brains and even their sperm in a way that affects the brains and thinking skills of their kids even if the dads don't start exercising until adulthood. Scientists in Germany studied male mice who were raised with a sedentary lifestyle. Then, as adults, half started running on wheels and playing with toys and games. 
After a few weeks, the exercisers had stronger connections between their brain cells and did a better job on cognitive tests. And when those mice mated with sedentary females, they had babies that had stronger connections between brain cells. These young mice also learned faster and had better memories. In the fathers, the researchers found changes in microRNA, which are tiny molecules that help genes do their jobs. They found higher levels of two specific types of microRNA in the brain, and they found them in the sperm of these mice as well. That's how the changes could get passed along to their kids' brains. The researchers say they plan to study the brains and sperm of men who exercise and those who don't to see if they can find similar changes. We always have to be cautious about applying findings on mice to humans, but still, if you need another reason to start exercising, it can't hurt to keep this in mind. It seems a little counterintuitive to say that screening for cancer could do more harm than good. But that's what the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force said about a screening test for prostate cancer called PSA testing back in 2012. The tests check a man's blood to look for PSA, or prostate-specific antigen, which is a protein made by the prostate gland, and prostate cancers make more of it. Now, the task force has changed its recommendation that PSA blood tests aren't necessary to screen for prostate cancer. Now they say that some men could benefit from them. So what does all of this mean for men, and should you get a PSA test or not? Our chief medical editor, Dr. Michael Smith, is here to talk us through the details. Hey, Dr. Smith. Hi there. So who are the men who this group says now should consider getting a PSA test? So now the, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force, and, and to be clear, there are now the recommendations are actually in line with the American Cancer Society and urological experts. So that's good. It's getting a little more simplified. A little clearer. <laughs> so now the men they're saying that should receive a conversation with their doctor, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, are men between the ages of 55 and 69 who are at higher risk of prostate cancer, meaning they either have a family history of prostate cancer or some other types of cancer, which we can talk about, or African-American men because they're, they're automatically at a higher risk of prostate cancer. Those men should have a discussion with their doctor understanding the risks of testing and the benefits of testing and make a personalized decision you know, between the two of them. Based on that conversation. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Why did the task force change its mind? It seems a little kind of strange to back off that advice. Well, you know, when it comes to tests about the effectiveness of PSA testing, we know it can effectively diagnose or lead to a diagnosis of prostate cancer. The problem is it sends you down a path when you have a high PSA. You might just have prostate enlargement, which all men get. You might have a prostate infection, neither of which actually causes or increases the risk of prostate cancer. So a PSA test is not very specific to prostate cancer. Oh, interesting. So we, don't, we get a high test, but it then leads us down a path of probably doing a biopsy. There's the anxiety and the complications potentially associated with that. Then let's say you are diagnosed with prostate cancer. You then have to decide what you're going to do. You might decide to just do active surveillance where you don't actually do any specific treatment. You just watch your PSA to see what it does. Mm -hmm. But a lot of men, that causes a lot of anxiety. So they decide to either do radiation or surgery, both of which can cause erectile dysfunction, urinary incontinence, bowel problems. 
All of that makes sense, right, that you would want to catch the prostate cancer. The problem is, with, with prostate cancer specifically, it's often a very slow-growing cancer. So what that means is, let's say a 55-year-old man has been found to have prostate cancer that's slow-growing, he probably, or there's a chance he would have never known that, he would have never had any issues associated with the prostate cancer, and 20, 30 years later might have died from something else. But instead, we've sent him down this path of having this treatment that is now negatively affected his life because he has erectile dysfunction. So it's a complicated issue, and why they're now backtracking is because what we've seen since 2012, since they essentially put, a, from their perspective, a ban on PSA, mm -hmm. is we're now seeing more aggressive prostate cancers in this country. Mm -hmm. So that is why now they're kind of backtracking a little bit and identifying the high-risk men as good candidates for PSA testing. And maybe the test could do a little bit of good, at least right. for some people. Exactly. That makes sense. So what are some of the things that men should keep in mind whether, when they're trying to think about whether or not they need this test? It's a commitment, right? If you decide to do this test, which is why you should talk to your doctor, like no organization says this type of man should absolutely have PSA testing. All organizations that have guidelines say men should have a conversation. Mm. And then it's a customized conversation and decision based on you know, what you and your doctor decide. But if you decide to go forward with it, you need to understand what we just talked about, that it might lead to a biopsy for something you never needed, might show you actually don't have prostate cancer, which would be a big relief, or it might show you did have prostate cancer that's very non-aggressive and slow growing, and that you, then you have to decide what you're gonna do. There's, there's a lot of commitment and anxiety associated with that and potential complications if you do decide to actually treat the prostate cancer. So it's just a lot involved, and that's why very personalized decision um, for you to decide with your doctor. Really lean heavily on their medical expertise and their knowledge of your health history and everything. Right, and you know, your doctor may actually start talking to you at an earlier age. I mean, the task force says 55. The American Cancer Society says that even some men age 40 and up may, may need to have that discussion as well. So if your doctor starts talking to you even after the age of 40, don't be surprised. Interesting. That's certainly a very complicated issue, but thank you so much for taking us through it, Dr. Smith. We appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. I suspect it's not the last we've heard of this issue. That's probably true. <laughs> a heart attack is a life-changing event for most people. That's certainly true for Michael Paluta. He's a two-time heart attack survivor. Now, he focuses on taking care of his heart with healthy lifestyle changes and with a hobby that brings him joy. My name is Michael Paluta. I'm 54 years old, and I've had two heart attacks in a span of a little over seven years. I was 44 years old when I had my first heart attack. The doctor said, it's a fluke. So my only real exercise was running, and it was almost never speed. It was always a 5K or a 10K type distance. He, he literally said, the fact that you had been a runner made all the difference in the world for you surviving this in the first place. Um, after the first heart attack, the intensity level of my workouts eventually got to where it was many multiples of what I had done before. The way I keep my sanity in all of this is to make guitars and amplifiers. I'm probably in the basement um, seven or eight hours over the course of a week. Two weeks before, my second heart attack. This guitar was played 
at Clemson Memorial Stadium at halftime by a friend of mine who was a Clemson graduate. So I do this for fun and for the joy of music. The second heart attack was nowhere near as intense from, a, from an experiential perspective or from a medical perspective. Uh, I was by far a lot fitter than I had been prior to the first heart attack. My exercise routine now is such that I think I'm in the, the stage where I'm slowing down because I'm getting older, not because I want to push myself less. But I am working as hard as, um, as I did prior to the second heart attack. I just don't think I'm, at 54, not seeing the results like I did when I was 46. That's 44. This coming July will be 10 years. 10, 10 bonus years. Thanks again to Michael Paluta for sharing his story of recovery with us. If you want to see the guitars he makes, check out the full video. The link is in our show notes. A lot of dads are full of great life advice, or at least they try. And we wanted to hear what good tips your dads gave you about healthy living. We put a call out on our social media feeds, and now we have senior health editor Bill Kim here to tell us what came in. Hey, Bill. Hey, Gary. How's it going? Not too bad. So what, did, what are the good healthy living tips that some people's dads have given them? Facebook and Twitter were flooded with some great advice, and so we pulled out some of the highlights. And uh, I wanted to start with at KSimon33. I thought this was great. It says... Listen to your body. Fix the little things so they don't become big things. That is great advice. That's so true. Very true and uh, very simple to do, too. At Services Spirit uh, said, My dad always said to eat fresh foods and not wait to see a doctor when it may be too late. So going back to that little thing becoming big thing again. Absolutely. Fresh foods. That's a great piece of advice to hear from your dad. That's and one that I didn't hear from my dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good for at Services Spirit. You know it. You know it now. <laughs> I do know it now. Um, at Princess Siggy said, uh, he didn't tell me, but showed me. Wake up early, be active, eat healthy, normal food, and sleep well. He's in his 70s now and still the same. He has amazing energy, and me too in my 50s. So perfect. Constant living it out and showing that it works, which is great. Leading by example. Lead by example, yes. Uh, this one I love because I subscribe to it. Um, at Slow It Down CKD said, Sleep is the best medicine. That is absolutely 100% true. <laughs> Love my sleep. Uh, at Jeremy P. Murphy, uh, dad told me don't smoke. And this was actually a common theme through, or we heard this a lot uh, in Facebook and Twitter, is um, the no smoking side of it. And I listened and was able to persuade my dad to quit smoker, smoking. He was a smoker for decades. So I thought that was really cool that uh, kind of a, a script switch there so to speak that's true don't don't repeat my mistakes right. kind of thing yep, yeah absolutely. interesting i bet that is something a lot of people hear from their dads uh yeah growing up in that age mm -hmm. and stuff yeah absolutely not smoking um at uh sc me me nine when i was a kid my dad saw me biting my nails and said everything you touch goes under your nails i never bit my nails again <laughs> It's hard to get that visual out of your head. <laughs> yes, it is. And now I may stop biting my nail. <laughs> At I, a seal in B says, uh, treat your emotions well so your heart can be healthy. It's not only about the food you eat. It's also about what you feel. And I thought that was really insightful. That's very true. Kind of that physical mental health connection there as well. 
at Eileen SO684 7879 says, Wash your hands and wear your seatbelt. So, dad kept it simple for her. That's right. Two good basic pieces of advice there. And then one of the last ones was um, at Stuart Grandma said, My father was an outdoorsman, so we camped, hunted, fished, went berry picking, spent a lot of time as a family loving what nature offers. I still love being outdoors and in nature. That's good, lasting advice. That sounds like for a whole lifetime. Absolutely. And it was cool because it's not what you would think of as health related, but clearly it had an impact on her and her health. That's so, right. Yeah. The health, your healthy lifestyle for sure. So I thought that was great. And you're a father. You have two kids. What are some of the things that you talk to them about in terms of healthy living? We try to always encourage them to be outdoors and be active and, and not just sit on the couch and watch TV and play on their phones all the time. So... I can't say go be active if I'm not active myself. So, you know, I try to do my workouts and, and go for runs and that kind of thing. When it comes to eating, um, you know, it's hard to tell them to eat your veggies and eat healthy if you also are not going to do it. So again, just trying to lead by example with some of that stuff. Yeah, being a healthy role model, that's a great role for a dad. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all those great insights from our, from our social channels. Absolutely. And happy Father's Day. Thank you. This week's Tweak of the Week, Dads, talk your kids' ear off. Children benefit from their dad's use of diverse language during playtime and storytime, even from an early age. So read books to infants and toddlers, even if they don't have words. Ask your kids WH questions, that's who, what, when, where, and why, to get good conversation going. Try to use words that will widen their vocabulary, too. You'll help them develop better language skills and spend quality time together. That's all we have for today. A very happy Father's Day from all of us at WebMD. We'll talk to you next week.